Hi, my name is Tyler O'Neill, and this is my wife, Jenny. And in August, we will have been married for 19 years. And uh, thanks. <laughs> Those are our kids. We have a son named Colby that is finishing up his freshman year at Richardson High School, and a daughter named Avery. And she's finishing up her seventh grade year at Westwood Junior High. Um, and I'm going to just pray for us real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will uh, be with Jenny and I tonight as we share our story. Lord, help us not to be nervous. I pray that you will um, use our story, Lord, to, to give others hope. Um, I think about walking in here two years ago. And uh, just just where I was, Lord, and the hope that was given to me. I pray that our story uh, would do that for others, Lord. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for sending your son to die for us. And uh, thank you for giving us your word uh, that shows us how to live and to love uh, the spouse that you've given us, Lord. So I pray that you'd help us to, to pay attention and, uh, and do that. And I ask all this in your name. Amen. So uh, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as the oldest of four brothers, and my childhood was filled with a lot of sports and fun. Uh, my parents, who remain married to this day, taught me the gospel, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior at a very young age. Um, growing up, I was extremely involved in church. And adhered to a long list of rules that I followed almost all the time. Uh, I went to college at a school that was known for rules. Uh, it was called Bob Jones University. And while there, I let my day-to-day -day relationship uh, with Jesus die on the vine. Uh, instead of spending time in his word, I became entangled in following rules. I grew up in Southeast Texas in a broken family. My parents divorced when I was six, and um, my mother chose not to stick around. Luckily, my dad embraced being a single father. He tried to keep the atmosphere in our home positive and light, which I loved. Heavy issues and conflict weren't addressed openly, and I never thought twice about that. For me, it was normal. In high school, I accepted Christ as my Savior and was baptized. But for 10 years after that, I remained spiritually immature and vulnerable to life's troubles. Doubt crept in and my faith withered. And during that time, I struggled with an eating disorder, often drank too much, had some inappropriate relationships, and never went to church. Despite those issues, I was generally content. I preferred not to dwell on the bad stuff. Instead, I worked at keeping a positive attitude and putting on a happy face. I made it through college, then grad school, and began working in Houston as a systems consultant where I met Tyler. Yeah, so following undergrad, I went to Baylor uh, and got an MBA, and that was really my first taste of what I viewed as freedom uh, from rules, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I attended church sporadically and never connected with other believers and just rarely pursued my relationship with Jesus. Uh, I did, however, aggressively pursue what many would consider 
a normal college experience. So at the age of 22, I began to uh, drink and later use smokeless tobacco. Uh, but I basically stuck to the rules of no sex before marriage and, and no drugs. And I did well at Baylor and, and landed a great job in Houston following graduation. And there in Houston, I just kind of continued that same lifestyle. I uh, continued to attend church just very sporadically and just refused to get connected um, in any meaningful way with other believers. And uh, after a while, I began to, to have inappropriate relationships uh, with girls. And it was during that time that I met uh, Jenny. And so she and I really hit it off. We enjoyed spending time together. And after a while, we just moved past any physical boundaries in our relationship. And I knew that that was a clear violation of Hebrews 13, 4, which reads, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Being with Tyler was really fun. Uh, there always be, seemed to be something he wanted to do, and he included me as much as possible. We played golf, attended quite a lot of sporting events, and generally enjoyed hanging out together. He made me feel special in a million big and small ways, like opening my door every time we got in his car, and even doing my taxes for me. <laughs> On one of our dates, he asked me if I believed in God. I replied, I'm not sure. When he said that he might not be able to keep dating me, I realized that he was pretty serious about his belief in Christ. Instead of breaking up, we began attending church together. The Lord used that time to remind me of his love and faithfulness. I rededicated my life to Christ and finally began growing in my faith. Tyler and I continued to date and eventually got engaged. We did, and we got and we got married after a four-month engagement. That's that's us. Um, my kids always uh, are stunned to, to learn that I used to have hair. That's uh, not something they ever got to experience, but um, it did exist at one time. But anyway, we got married after that four-month engagement, and I brought a lot of baggage uh, into our relationship. Just Things like uh, poor communication patterns, unresolved bitterness, anger, and, and really just a rotten thought life. And um, I just kept those with me really the whole way. And the effects of my anger and inability to communicate in healthy ways um, left Jenny in retreat for a significant percentage of the time. Uh, that we've been married. My behavior chipped away at, at our intimacy, both emotionally and physically, and in turn, just many times left us isolated, uh, even there right within our home, and then also just in our marriage, just kind of being in two different places separated from one another. While our marriage started out okay, it wasn't long before we started having occasional conflict and I was no match for Tyler. A small matter could quickly become huge and heated. This frightened me, and I didn't know how to handle it. In an effort to shorten the conflict and heartache involved, I just shut down. I might leave the room, stop talking, or agree with Tyler just to make it stop. 
I thought he really meant what he said in the heat of an argument and didn't see any point in reliving that painful discussion once it ended. Later, he would treat me as if everything was okay again, but I was still hurt and viewed this piece with suspicion. I wondered, how long will it last? How does he really feel about me? The distance between us began to increase, both emotionally and sexually, too. Despite that, um, we remained committed to one another, and God blessed us with two lovely children. I don't know why I never thought about trying to be a good wife, but I definitely remember wanting to be a good mother. I happily quit my job to stay at home with our kids, and when they reached school age, I started homeschooling them. Motherhood also marked a time of rapid spiritual growth for me. I joined a Bible study where older women encouraged me to love my husband and children and to spend daily time in God's Word. Despite all that wise counsel, I still let fear and anxiety keep me from talking to Tyler about the conflict in our marriage. Our intimacy continued to suffer, and I felt increasingly lonely, isolated, and at times desperately sad. Because I relied on once-a-week church for my spiritual growth, my relationship with Christ continued to suffer. I'd pray when I needed something, but my daily walk with Christ was almost non-existent. I just didn't have the time. I wanted my children to accept Christ, and I wanted to be a good husband and dad, but I primarily wanted to spend my time pursuing good times. Uh, even if it may ignoring some of what I viewed as God's rules. At times in our marriage, I've prioritized things like playing and watching sports over serving Jenny and our kids. Uh, temporal hangups like dipping snuff, which I was careful not to do in front of our kids, only increased the isolation between Jenny and I. And that isolation uh, sometimes left me using porn to pursue a cheap orgasm alone. On the outside, we looked like a happy family, and from my viewpoint, we mostly were, but I was falling woefully short of what God calls me to be as a husband. Uh, I wasn't loving Jenny in a sacrificial way, as I'm called to in Ephesians 5.25, which reads, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Jenny and I saw a marriage counselor for a little while, and there were times when our marriage uh, resembled God's model, but mostly we were just drifting aimlessly. Um, I was fiercely committed to the concept of remaining married, but most of the time I left Jenny feeling very alone. I remember a few nights I even prayed that God would either take my life or Tyler's because I didn't think I had the strength to keep going. Three separate times, I very seriously contemplated moving out with the kids. Many summers and holidays, the kids and I went on vacation without Tyler and enjoyed a break from our troubles, but those same issues were always there waiting for me when I returned. I felt trapped. I didn't want to leave, but staying was so painful. I was burdened for our kids because I knew it was scary for them to witness all the harsh words, tears, and dysfunction. I kept asking myself what was best for them, staying or leaving. So we began visiting Watermark toward the end of 2013, and by the spring of 2014, had joined a community group. And I had never been involved in anything 
quite as uncomfortable as community. <laughs> um, at times I found it encouraging, but also quite unnerving. I, I was trying to follow the rules and participate in community, but many of my early actions weren't fully authentic. And uh, so that sort of kept happening throughout 2014. And then toward the end of 2014, I lost my job unexpectedly. And then another early in 2015. And I really just started examining. I was wondering, you know, what the heck's going on here? And, and with perspective, I now believe the Lord was showing me that I needed to adjust my priorities in a major way. As an adult, I had never carved out daily time to be spent with my Savior. I had him in my back pocket if I needed him, but our relationship was something that just primarily stayed at the bottom of my priority list. It was something I would pursue only when I felt I had the time. And all of a sudden, I had nothing but time. The best part of my day had been when Tyler was at work, and now we had to be in each other's company all day long. <laughs> I was miserable. A trusted friend urged me to try re-engage, but I knew Tyler wouldn't go. Sure enough, I asked, and he refused. At this point, I didn't know what else to do, so I decided to go by myself. Two other couples in our community group offered to go with me. I am so grateful for their support during that time and thankful that eventually Tyler decided to come too. Yeah, so Jenny was all in at re-engage uh, because she was at a complete loss with me and my shortcomings. And she was really just dreading me being marooned in our home with her until I found a new job. And... Uh, that really went to work on me, um, her coming to re-engage without me. So if you're here alone tonight without your spouse, I just encourage you to just hang in there and keep coming because you don't know what's going on with your spouse. Um, but the Lord will use your faithfulness. And he did in our case. And so James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. That's exactly what I was doing. Um, I didn't want to come to re-engage because I didn't want to deal with my behaviors um, that had really just become so comfortable over a long period of time. I didn't want to delve into my sin uh, or make changes that I thought would impact my pursuit of fun. I was buying lies, and deep down I knew that, but I continued to buy them anyway. Um, I was asking questions like, couldn't I just make some incremental changes in isolation? Couldn't Jenny and I just process our issues alone? Um, those were things that had sort of worked for me in the past. And um, I might have gotten away with it this time if Jenny hadn't have been firm. And if our community group hadn't really made me look like a jerk for trying to punch out. That's true. <laughs> After almost 17 years of struggling through unhealthy conflict, isolation, and a lack of intimacy, I was amazed that in just weeks our marriage began to change. Tyler surprised me by embracing the idea of focusing on himself and his relationship with Christ. Likewise, I began to recognize how my own struggles with anxiety and fear had led me down a path of self-protection and isolation. 
Instead of seeking to be guided by the Holy Spirit, I had just tried to avoid painful situations, and that played a significant role in the declining health of our marriage. Realizing just how effortlessly I can slip into my sin struggles and withdraw from conflict or fall prey to anxiety was huge in helping me find compassion for Tyler and his own struggles with anger and escalation. The Lord began using time in his word, um, the stories and teaching we heard in large group at Reengage, and the discussions in open group settings to give us hope. For the first time, I was able to clearly recognize issues with my behavior and begin to address them. As we moved into a closed group and I began to take ownership of my sin struggles and humbly make changes to address them, my relationship with the Lord and then Jenny began to improve on an almost constant basis. I saw forgiveness first from God and then from Jenny in many areas in which I had repetitively failed and wronged her. And I strove to be in God's word daily. And that's when real healing began. Now Tyler and I approach marriage as a team. When he sees me start to withdraw, he makes an effort to understand what I'm feeling and reassure me that I'm loved. He asked me about my anxiety, like he did tonight, <laughs> and when it's high, encourages me through prayer and kind words. When he escalates, I strive to remain calm and even take a break from the conversation if needed. Then I prepare to forgive him and talk about it when his temper dies down. We both try to focus on ourselves and our personal relationship with Christ. That is key. John 15:5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. As a result of abiding with Christ, our emotional and physical intimacy have never been better. Yeah, our marriage isn't perfect, uh, but we're much better equipped to deal with the challenges uh, that we face than ever before. Over the past couple of years, we've shared tears of repentance and tears of joy. We've grown in our walks with Christ and love, for one, and love one another way more effectively than we did in the past. We've had sweet experiences together and with our kids, and we've had some great sex. So it's always nice. Uh, yeah. It has been truly miraculous, and it's all down to God's grace in our lives. He's been so patient and good to us and has blessed us so much as we've tried to honor his word and, and put it into practice. Professionally, the Lord has blessed me with a new career where sharing my faith is easy and natural, something that had never been the case in the past. Our kids have been able to see Jenny and I grow in Christ. They've been able to see me change They've been able to see our love for one another explode. And the spiritual transformation in our home has been tangible. Many of our friends would, would attest to that, um, even ones that, that, that aren't believers. Um, and so because of that, I continue to have opportunities to share why that is and how walking with Jesus daily um, can really change everything. 
Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. I'm thankful the Lord has used and continues to use painful things in my life to show me that I need him and to help me strive to fulfill his calling on me as a husband and father, and more importantly, as his child. Maybe you're like I was and feel like you can barely keep going. Uh, Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. As I look back, there is no question in my mind that God was with us through all of our difficult times, and I promise you, he is there for you, too. He comforted me with his word. He placed people in my life who spoke truth to me and prayed for me. Sometimes it was just the simple kindness of a stranger or hugs from our kids that reminded me of his goodness. All the while, he patiently waited for us to turn to him and submit to his ways. While you're here at Reengage, waiting and hoping for your marriage to change, I strongly encourage you to ask the Lord what your own sin struggles are and commit to work on them. That's something positive that you can do to help your marriage. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit with a heart that's ready to respond? If you are, great. Keep doing it. And if not, start today. You won't regret it.